You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox, your host. Appreciate you joining me on a Wednesday or Thursday whenever you're uh, listening to this. Let's jump right into it. Here's Gary Patterson speaking at Media Days on Wednesday morning. It's about 19 minutes of uh, good audio here. He makes an opening statement and then takes questions from the assembled media there in Arlington. I'll let you hear some of that, and then we'll come back and discuss some of what he said. Here's Gary Patterson at Media Days on Wednesday. Coach, your thoughts about the upcoming season? Uh, just glad to have one. <laughs> glad to be here. Good to see everybody. You know, you don't uh, miss something. You guys always know how I do things as far as uh, this is. is it's, I think you kind of have to enjoy the moment. I know a lot of uh, people say, well, get it. And I think this is, this is the one time we get an opportunity to be around all of you. Uh, it's been a fun summer. It's been more of a normal summer for us as far as our team's concerned, obviously in the state of Texas. And so our guys have been working hard. You know, I, uh, I did an interview the other day to where I said that it was probably one of the better chemistry teams we've had uh, in a long time. And, and they took that well, I saying that we were going to win a national championship. And that's not what I said. But uh, I would say this different than the norm, Gary Patterson, which in my uh, play below the water. I think just for our fans, our team, uh, they deserved uh, a lot different look at things. And so uh, our group has had great chemistry, and I'll give you a great example. Um, usually in May, when we get done with finals, guys will leave for a couple weeks, and because uh, we only had eight seniors, but uh, basically 90% of them didn't lift. They stayed on their own, lift, ran. Uh, so you can kind of tell kind of where they're at, what they're doing. Uh, it'll be the first time we've had a returning quarterback back in uh, since 17. You know, and if you you know, a lot, people don't really understand what Max went through a year ago. Uh, when you, you understand, you were only a freshman. You're going to go in the spring. You didn't have spring. Uh, you didn't get an opportunity to also throw in the summer with your teammates. And then he had his uh, condition, and they basically didn't let him do anything until a week before uh, we played. Uh, I think on the 26th against Iowa State, and so. Uh, for him to grow up where he's at, unbelievable leader. Uh, he's here with me today. Uh, but basically, everybody on offense comes back. Snapper, kicker, punter. Uh, defensively, we got three really good players. We have to replace two tight ends we had on offense that got into camps. I think we had eight seniors, five guys got into camps. Uh, so the two safeties and, and Wallow, the linebacker, and uh, uh, been kind of fun. It's it's great group to be around. You know, usually your offensive defense will have chemistry together, not necessarily as a whole team. I gave you a great example the other day. I come walking out and they just got done with workouts, and when they got done, they were both on two ends of the field and they came around high high five each other. Very rarely do you have a group that like each other, and I think COVID has a little bit to do with that, for the simple reason that you had Zoom classes and you didn't see the regular students. We basically had to rely on each other. And uh, this group here really kind of came together, I think, probably because they were so young. And so uh, I don't know how that's going to turn out, but it's uh, chemistry is a great start. The way they work is a great start. And having a starting quarterback back is a great start. So for us at TC, we're just glad to see everybody here today, get an opportunity to have full 100% capacity in our stadium and get a chance to do that. And then got a tough early schedule. You know, besides Duquesne, you got a Cal Berkeley team that they're talking about Watched them enough in their spring game. 
uh, to understand that they're going to be they're going to be a really good football team. Uh, SMU has got a good football team uh, going early, and then you start out with Texas at home, and so Texas, and then we have you go down the list of uh, Texas Tech on the road, then OU, and that's your first six ball games. So uh, after that, we'll regroup and see what goes on. Questions? Hey, Coach uh, Shahan J. Rogers from Dave Campbell's Texas Football. I'm curious now, you kind of go into this second year with Jerry Kill there, with Tim Beck there. Where do you kind of feel like you guys are out from an offensive schematic perspective, and how much will it help to kind of have that continuity? Well, number one, I think we have one of the best, really, systems in place to have two older guys that have won national championships. Jerry Kill, obviously, anywhere he was a head coach, he made that program better. Uh, and then that allowed me to hire people like Kenny Hill, uh, that's a younger quarterback coach, but you have guys that can sit and watch and make sure that we don't miss any of the details, but a guy that can recruit, uh, the kids relate to. Uh, I think it's probably as good a system as anybody could have in college football right now because I have guys in place uh, behind the scenes that help do all the things we need to do. And so, and more than that, uh, you know, you, especially in this day and age, with not only just with COVID, but everything else, just to have somebody else that can be a father figure a guy that can sit down with kids because it's 125 of them at a TCU and, and, and there's only one of me and to have other guys that can actually sit down and help kids with their lives, uh, with the NIL, everything else that's going on. How do you navigate, how do you, how do you na navigate the world? So uh, any time anybody could have a guy with that kind of experience, almost like myself, 40 years in college football and uh, been the places he's been, uh, it couldn't help but be a plus. And so, you know, the rest of my staff, people don't understand, seven out of my ten full-time coaches since we've been there so long were either started as GAs or played for me. And then out of the other 20, almost ten of them, nine or ten of them, started as GAs and, and played and did it, been around the program. So you don't have to teach the culture. And so for us, uh, going forward, it's, it's really been, it's a lot of fun to watch them grow uh, within your program and how they've gone on. You know, it's a hard business, though, right now for young coaches because with all the analysts and everybody, it's really hard to get. Everybody thought, well, there'd be a lot of movement, but there's not been any movement because we got some really good young coaches that deserve to be full-time coaches at any level of college, and they had to stay another year because last year there just wasn't a lot of movement. So uh, you have a lot of experience as a staff coming back as a whole group because even in your young coaches, every because it's a lot more than just your uh, your full-time guys. I mean, it's a it's, it's everybody. And so uh, to have a guy like Tim Beck that's been a head coach, uh, Coach Sanchez that was the head coach at UNLV that's on our staff as a uh, volunteer analyst. I mean, you just have a lot of guys that have a lot of experience. Coach Glasgow, Coach Anderson have been with me 26 years. And so anytime you put all those people in place, you, you know, you think the same way in a lot of ways. And so uh, with a returning quarterback, we'll see how that turns out. Hi, Coach. Uh, Dean Rule from the Ocali. You talk about having all these pieces around the field, you know, Doug and Mathis. How do you see this all coming together to actually compete in the Big 12 this season? Well, I mean, it's, you know, everybody, I just, I put it in a playoff perspective. I think that in the eight years we've been in the Big 12, 14, 15, and 17, I think we would have been in the playoffs if we would have been 12 teams. So I think we, we know how to win ball games. Uh, between 8 and 10, we, went, we were 36 and 3. 14 and 15, we were 23 and 3. So winning ball games is not new to TCU. 17, you win 11 and 3. Two of those losses 
were two the two, well the three losses were the two teams that are picked at the top of the conference this year. So uh, the Iowa State game with a young team we lost by three at our house. You know if you look at uh, I, as I told my team the, uh, just this week, if you want to win 11, 10, 11, 12 ball games, you're probably going to win five ball games because the parity in this league is very close. So you're going to have to win the close ball games and. When we've had big when we've had big wins, you're going to have to win games by 10 points or less. And so, how do you do that? This is one of the years where we go on the road five times, four at home, but we have seven home games. Uh, I think, uh, you know, the biggest thing is is getting back to understanding the detail of what we have to do, and that's what I told them. Now, you're going to have to learn how to win the close ball games, and one of the ways you do that also, I think, is like other teams that have in the league, you have to have a returning quarterback. You always want, if you have, you want to have the ball last. And uh, when you have an older guy, that, that's a lot better to have the ball last. Uh, Ryan Chapman with SI Suitors. Gary, you guys are one of the first programs to have the benefit of the new in-conference transfer rule. What has that done for a guy like Chandler Morris that can come in this offseason and actually prepare with the, with the goal of playing next year? And then secondly, uh, have you been able to look forward? Is there any concern that uh, the, the new rule might increase whether it be tampering or poaching in conference, whatever you want to call that. Well, you're in, I don't know about in, just in conference. I think you, you just need to understand right now we're in a situation where we have the NIL and transfer, but we don't like the NFL. They have a players union. Right now we don't have a players union. We don't have, there is no rules right now besides the state laws. And so as we move forward, you know, one of the biggest things that's off base, you need to marry things together is we could have all these guys transfer, but right now we can only take 25 scholarships. Uh, that has to change, whether it's to the basketball rule that you have 25, and then if you lose one, you can add another one. Uh, we got it, you know, coaches, I think the, the probably the biggest thing that you, they sit up here and ask is just uh, roster management. How do we manage our roster? We were fortunate because, again, like I said, we only had eight seniors. So for us losing guys, we didn't have to worry. But if I was somebody that had 24 seniors, until that rule gets changed, that's going to be really hard because if you do it and then you lose 10 guys to the portal or whatever they do and however things go down, you can't replace them. And especially not talking about Power 5, but we're talking about the lower level of Division One football. I think that's a big problem right now that, that we have to be able to fix and uh, be able to understand that, dude, you've got to, you know, you have to have solutions. I always say that the difference between a good, good coach and a great coach is a coach that can fix things quickly and so that's something that really before we get to uh, signing date uh, here in December we need to make sure uh, with the NCA and as a uh, governing body the AFCA being the president last year we've got to get fixed we've got to get it to where we could that marries up a little bit better than what it does right now to be honest with you I'm a little bit different a little bit on the on the NIL for simple I, I think it, it uh, even the playing field I think it gave everybody an opportunity to, uh, and every kid an opportunity to get, I think our jobs are going to be as coaches, even though universities stay out of it, it's not, the, the really good players are going to have their own deals, people are going to find them. I think my job, you know, we have a saying at TCU, 40 not 4, it's not about how we grow them up for the four years, but it's what we're going to do for them for 22 to 62. And I think we probably be in there, 20, I've been there at TCU 24 years. I think we can probably talk about that as well as anybody can in the country about that. And I think it's really important for us to understand how do we help any of them. Now, I'll give you a great example. I think it might, might have helped TCU last year, our Darius Washington. He went out early in the draft as a safety. 
uh, you know, wasn't he didn't have all the measurables. Probably if he could have had some some endorsement deals where he could have made, made some money uh, that he could have given to his family, he might have stayed another year and been playing at TCU right now. I think there's going to be some positive things that came out of uh, doing all this. And, you know, but like anything, uh, abuse leads to restriction. The things you talked about, tampering, uh, using leverage as far as the amount of money that you'd have to go to one school or the other. If any of us believe that that's not, that, that might not be a possibility, I think is crazy. That's why if you look in the NFL model, you know, you can't talk to other teams. You can't do those kind of things. There's severe penalties. And so there's going to have to be some things in place that are going to have to be uh, played. It's probably why they always like me talking first because I always get the 800-pound gorilla questions out of the way, so you guys can uh, you can go about so everybody else knows how to answer them when we get done. But you know, I think all of that stuff's going to play. But it still comes down to like you you saw in the article, ESPN article that I said, and I think Max Duggan will tell you if you interview him, it's he knows it's a big year for him. If he has a great year, all those other things take care of themselves. He wants to win. I saw a high school kid uh, talk about him recruiting anybody that started talking to him about name, image, and likeness, he, he, took, he took him off his page. He was going to college to play football. There are still those guys out there that want to do things for the right reason, and we want everybody to be successful, and we want them to be able to move on and help themselves, whether they help themselves or their family or anybody else, and uh, it's a big deal. But I think you'll find the teams that, that keep everything in perspective, that understand you still got to win football games, are going to be the ones that are going to do the best job uh, in the season, and, and they're going to have the more of the opportunities. Every year that we've had big years at TCU, more guys have been drafted, okay, and more guys have been free agents. And so success breeds success. I don't think there's going to be any change. Obviously, all of us know that we've got to have, we've got to have a few walls around everything we do because you want to, as I say as a head coach, my job is to protect the good guys whether it's rules within our team or how we do things. And uh, I don't think it's going to be any different with the NIL or uh, transfer rules or anything else. We've got to build it. I'm not a big transfer guy. I think I would deal with it just like I would a junior college guy in a lot of ways that uh, if we need a whole field, then you do it. I'm, we're still a developmental school. That's why you know we had three of those guys that came that were grad transfers came here because their people told them that they could get better and be more draftable and go higher in the draft if, if they came to TCU because that's what our reputation is. And so for me, uh, that's what we want to keep it. And we want to keep doing those kind of things because I still think if kids are going to get to a high level, it's still about the process. You still have to learn how to fight through the hardest things you've got from accountability, uh, work ethic, and all those kind of things to get because the, the, the measure at the NFL level, is it's still... 250-some guys are going to get drafted out of 13 or 14,000 every year that are eligible. And how do you stay on that team? And the guys that do that, it's like I told my team the other day, uh, okay, how many five stars were there uh, on either one of those teams that played in the Super Bowl? I don't know what it was, like one or two, maybe three or four or five, four stars, but it was a lot of three stars, two stars, all the rest of it. And so I'm looking for five-star talent with two-star uh, humor and humility and accountability and all those kind of things that we get where we need to. Yeah. Chris Hummer with 24-7 Sports. It wasn't that long ago Kenny Hill was here as a player uh, talking to us. What did you see from him off the field as an analyst and a GA the last few years that made you feel confident to elevate him? Yeah, well, just uh, Kenny's always a guy that's had the it factor. 
as far as the personality and all of that. And that's one of the key issues in recruiting and everything else that goes along with uh, being one of those nine or ten full-time assistants. Uh, you know, I, I keep a, a file on what I think guys ever, just like my assistant, you know, and all, all assistant coaches complain about their head coach. I mean, I did when I was assistant. But I think the biggest thing was just uh, – his relationship with the kids on the team, Max Duggan in particular, uh, knowing the game, been in within the system, uh, his relationships when kids came on campus of how they related to him as a, uh, a recruiter. Uh, that was the same reason I, I hired Zarnell Fitch uh, when he was on campus. Kids just uh, gravitated to him. And I think uh, if you ask guys around here, they would talk to you about how those guys do a great job in recruiting. One of the reasons why, again, I, I put in place in the university really the chancellor and Jeremiah Donati uh, allowing us to be able to put in position a guy like Jerry Kill or Tim Beck or, or Sanchez or any of the guys I have uh, that are behind the scenes. Um, when you have those guys that you have experience, I think Coach Saban's been able to do that best at Alabama. I mean, you've got to be able to make good decisions. So to be able to have good decisions, you've got to be able to have a lot of people have an opinion that you can sort through everything and come up with the right answer. And Kenny Hill is one of those who became very clear that he would be the right answer for us because of his relationship with Max and the other quarterbacks. And also that he has such a high end as far as personality and being able to recruit and do all those other things. He loves football. That's that's an easy part. You know, now we just need to, to mold him into being a guy that can be in this profession on a day-to-day -day basis and being in a long time. I mean, that's my job. Hi, Coach. Ashley Vandevelde, Gaylord College at Oklahoma. Um, surrounding the new rules with preseason pad practices, um, how do you feel this will affect your team preparation-wise, especially with those big games you talked about? Well, um, you know, all of us, I think, coaching-wise, would have liked us to have gone back to the 2019 rule where we had we were able to have walkthroughs in the summer and do things. and but. Um, again, we all, we all, because I thought, again, just like the NLI, NIL, uh, I think I thought it even the playing field. There was the guys that did it and the guys that didn't do it. But uh, I think our kids, now that we're a year older, it's a lot easier for us now than it was a year ago uh, with all the young guys that we had that had to play and, and, uh, and really with COVID. I, you know, anybody that had an older team had an, excuse me, had an advantage last year especially early in the season. Uh, now I think it's a little bit more normal doing the things we're doing and how we're doing it. So, but I, you know, I think everything is going to be, is going to be okay now. You know, you set your preseason up uh, where we have four home games. You play Duquesne, which is the one double A team. And then uh, you go into a Cal Berkeley team that comes to Texas and then SMU. So uh, I think the level of competition definitely will get us ready for uh, being able to play in the Big 12 Big 12 conference the way we do things so it's it's a long road because after the one week early we have off we go straight through we don't have any other off weeks so uh, we better be ready we'll close up shop in just a minute I did want to tell you though about uh, one of our great sponsors betonline.ag betonline.ag they are fantastic Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports he will get you where you need to go if you're interested in sports gambling, that whole world. It's bigger than ever now. If you thought, man, I would love to do that, but I don't have any sort of entry point, betonline.ag is the place to go. Uh, use the promo code LOCKEDON and you can get a 20% sign-up bonus. Major League Baseball, NBA Finals, 
whatever it might be. BetOnline.ag, your source, your one-stop shop for everything in the sports world. Again, that's BetOnline.ag. Okay, a couple things there, and we'll try to, to unpack some of that here in this uh, final segment on Locked on Horn Frogs. I put out on Twitter today when I was uh, referencing the podcast from earlier this morning that I posted, I said, hey, you know, Gary Patterson's going to speak today. And then after he spoke, Tommy responded to me on Twitter, and he said, Gary sounds really optimistic. Sounds like he knows something we don't. And I'd agree with that. I think he is really high on this team. So take that for what it's worth. I feel like that's encouraging. I mean, Gary's never been someone who was going to heap praise on people for no reason. So I think that's a good sign. He keeps harping on chemistry. He mentioned that again today. He gave a couple specific examples. This team really likes playing together, playing for each other. That's a great sign. I mean, that's an intangible thing. You can't measure it. You can't quantify it. But I feel like we all understand that's a huge part of team success. Are the guys buying into the program? Are they, you know, in this together? Are they doing this for one another? So, obviously, that's a really good thing. He was asked about offensive schematics. Was not really specific on the scheme at all. Which, again, not surprising. Uh, One thing that I found interesting, though, Meacham wasn't mentioned in that question or answer. Now, it wasn't mentioned in the question, so Gary didn't really have to address it. He did say they have a lot of experienced guys. I know Meacham falls into that. Jerry Kill, Tim Beck. And then uh, I forgot about Tony Sanchez being an analyst, the former UNLV coach. It does feel like we are getting closer to what GP eventually wants, which is I want experienced guys in that room that can take this thing over and I don't have to worry about it. Which I agree with him. I think that could be a good thing. I just wish, or I hope, that going into this season, he's not constantly putting his foot on the brakes. Because I I think most of us could agree that this offense needs some life. It needs some juice. It needs some energy. That doesn't all come down to tempo and pace. But when they've been at their best, that's been sort of a – a stalwart of the offense, a identifying factor for the offense. So I would like to see them get back to that in different scenarios, even if it's not all the time. Um, Talked about Kenny Hill, talked about transfers in in that situation, name, image, and likeness. I don't know how much is going on behind the scenes at TCU. It does feel like, at least publicly, they're behind as far as branding themselves. It's a school that could get you to a place where – you're getting endorsement deals. You're getting those opportunities. At least publicly, they seem to be taking a hands-off approach of, hey, if you can get it, get it, but we're not going to go out of our way to make things happen for you, which is totally a prerogative. I just wonder how that affects the team in recruiting and the program in recruiting moving forward. Overall, though, it's clear that he's excited about this football team. Uh does that mean anything when they take the field against, you know, Duquesne and Cal and SMU over the first three weeks in the season? Not really, but he did mention this and he downplayed it. Uh, he actually mentioned this on the Matt Mosley show. This team has the best chemistry they've had since the 2010 season. That was a Rose Bowl team. Now he came back today and said that doesn't mean I'm saying they won a national championship, but he's made that point multiple times. So I think whether it's, the all the guys returning or just some sense or some feel that he has in his gut he's excited about this group this is a team that has high expectations 
And they've had some higher expectations than they finished the last few years when it comes to getting on the field that hasn't materialized. So hopefully this is the season for TCU football. If I can track down audio from Max Duggan and O'Shawn Mathis over the next day or so, I will have that for you as well. But definitely wanted to let you hear from Gary Patterson. That was his session at Big 12 Media Days this morning. That'll do it for Locked on Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Thanks for joining me. This is uh, Ben Locked on Horn Frogs, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.